Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Mac and Row, aka Rod Bailey. This is uh, the Penis and Corn 2020 podcast, and this is episode 24. So we're almost to the end. We got a few more, and then we're gonna stop, and it'll be great. But uh, we thank you all for listening. And today I've got a legend of the Winnipeg hip hop community, the Canadian hip hop community, uh, joining me live and direct from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And his name is Shazam, aka Sheldon, aka Michael Shazam Wright. Hello. What's up, boss? Good day. It is good a good day. It is a great day. Um, and it's Thanks really, for having me on yeah, your show. It's a it pleasure. It's really fun <clears throat> to be able to re reconnect with you because it has been in a long time. We've known each other for a long time and uh, been in that scene together for a long time. And I think, uh, um, but you know, it's really probably this will be the longest conversation we've ever had one on one, though. So that'll be fun. That's um, true. <laughs> uh, even though we've crossed paths a zillion times over the years. And I've always been a fan of your work and the freak show and all that stuff. Um, so to introduce you, you uh, I met you early in the 90s and you were in a group called Freak Show with another guy named Sunil and a bunch of other people. But uh, um, would you want to talk about getting started in hip hop in the late 80s, early 90s in Winnipeg, Manitoba, an unlikely place to be making hip hop music at that time? Yeah, you're right. Uh Totally, but I mean, Winnipeg had a scene, you know, I, I got into hip-hop culture in 83, right? Uh, my dad, his good friend, is uh, a famous DJ from Winnipeg called Station 55, Joe Paul. Mm-hmm. Right? Have you heard of Station 55 before? I haven't. Yeah, Station 55 is a famous DJ in Winnipeg, uh, Uncle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so Uncle Joe used to make mixtapes and stuff for everybody, and um, my parents used to go to his parties and stuff, but... He made a mixtape for my dad one time and uh, had a bunch of funk and stuff and slow jams and all that. But I had this music that I never heard before because in 83, you know, being grade eight and stuff, you you listen to a lot of radio. So a lot of 80s pop and all that kind of stuff. But Uncle Joe put this tape together and uh, this beat was on it. And the beat was, uh, turned out to be The Message by Grandmaster Flash. Of course. The Pierce Five, right? Um, the significant part of this experience was there were no lyrics on it. It was just the instrumental. Okay. So for me, and I'm sure you can attest to this, everybody has a yes moment in the culture, right? You can talk to anybody around the world. You say like, when did hip hop hit you? And you're like, this is what I am. Yeah, I'm doing this, right? Yeah. That was my, that was my yes moment, right? Uh, this beat was instrumental. We're doing yeah. I never heard anything like that before. It blew my mind away. I was like, this is the most amazing stuff in the world. Like, this is what I like. Yeah. And then later on in life, you know, I heard the song, you know, not long after that, but I heard the instrumental first and then break in and beat street and all that kind of stuff came. Then that sold me. I was like, I'm going to do hip hop and then so on, so on, went through uh, junior high and uh, had access to some videos and stuff like that. I used to do the dance and stuff. And, Roger Rabbit days, the good old days. Yeah. Roger Rabbit and the Running Man and the party dance. You couldn't party dance and get out of here. <laughs> even the toughest guys, even the toughest guys in Winnipeg at that time could party dance. They can beat somebody up after, but <laughs> they could party dance, right? We all party danced all the time. Battle Fresh IE, JJ, you know, Robbie Dose, uh, Bobby Dose. Those guys are like, uh, those guys are like icons. When I came into the scene with Sunil, I met Sunil in grade eight. 
uh, Paula Branquino, all these guys were like, they were they were mind boggling. They danced and going to these parties and watching these guys rip up the floor was amazing. Sunil was like, yo, we got to get up in there and do our thing. And I was like, yeah, you serious, man? These guys are really good. Yeah. Like, don't worry about that. Sunil's always like, you know, Sunil's you know, yeah. like, yo, don't worry about that stuff, man. We go, we're going to kill it. Said, okay. <laughs> So we jumped in there, we went to flip side and stuff, we entered a competition, we won the first round, Sunil and I, we broke everybody off for that because um, our approach to the to the battle was more uh, uh, comical and acting with dance mixed in one, Yeah. which is the foundation of the free show stage show, right? Yeah. It's a lot of acting and kind of like, uh, yeah, I would say like, so you understand a bit, like a bit of like the Three Stooges type stuff, but we do it through dance, you know, and people loved it. So we got to the to the later rounds, and then uh, Paulo, who was one of uh, one of the top battle dancers in the city, Portuguese guy, good buddy of mine still, my brother Paulo Branquino, big ups. Um, he was one of the top battle guys. You couldn't touch him. He was he was he was a mastermind, grandmaster on the floor. Yeah. He was like, "Yo, man, you know that's cool what you guys are doing," and we said, "Yo, you want to join us and stuff like that?" He's like, "Yeah, join our group." And we had. Uh, my boy Dwight was in there too, was Sunil's original partner. Yeah. And uh, the four of us formed uh, Fresh Alliance. Fresh Alliance was like right. a pretty big dance crew in the early days. But, you know, you know, think about it. At that time, we were new, right? And we had a veteran with us being Paula, which was great because that got us eyes and attention. But, you know, there's Bobby and Robbie and uh, Fresh IE. Now, people know Fresh IE, man, but you don't know Fresh IE. Fresh IE was one of the best dancers there was. Like, you right. couldn't touch him. Okay? He was like, he had that big long ponytail. He'd be one of those guys who'd be dancing, but he ain't dancing, but he's dancing. And he'd just be like doing <laughs> a couple of little moves on the side. And he'd be like, yo, he's like water, man. Fresh IE's listen, man. You get him on the floor now, he'll probably still mess you up. Yeah. But anyway, we used to go into these, uh, into these clubs and stuff and kind of dance against them a little bit or with them or whatever we weren't best buddies and shit but we were the new guys and everybody was kind of looking at us like yeah you guys got some skills but nobody gives each other props unless it's due right and another thing that's attractive about hip-hop culture is the respect level of it you know yeah uh we were very fortunate to grow up in a time in winnipeg where we had our own new york right and it's funny because you know people are going to watch this podcast and be like Winnipeg, you know, Winnipeg rap. Like even now, like I, when I first came up here, I met up, met people like Winnipeg had rap, man. Until we saw the black and white video, we're like, we didn't know there was even black people in Winnipeg. Yeah, you know, yeah. People said that to me straight in my face, but little do, little did everybody know, is that, you know, we had our own New York way back then. You yeah. know, and uh, we had a huge scene. Uh, we had uh, a lot of groups, a lot of rappers, and we used to dance for like. Um, a few different crews and stuff like that, you know, doing shows and stuff. And Sunil, Sunil and I did Folkorama and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so this I mean, is you guys in like throughout junior high, high school, all the way through. Yeah. This is 80, 88. Yeah. 88 to about 90, 91. So you, so you guys are dance. You're in high school. You're dancing. You're junior. Yeah. You're, you're, um, you're doing you're doing the dancing and you're just absorbing every bit of hip-hop culture you can get i'd imagine yeah man we were dancing and we were like you know we were uh we were good we were good up and comers we were like original and uh we believed in what we did uh we respected the other guys that were there before us and that we admired we had lots of respect for those guys but we also thought that uh 
we could uh, contribute yeah. uh, on the same level or a higher level, right? What we had through our hip hop uh, understanding, right? So, and this is being this is being born in the South, right? So, you know, let's break it down because everybody in the states, you know, they break it down to like where you come from. So, this yeah. is the South South End of Winnipeg in yeah. 1988, right? <laughs> yeah. So, well, that's that's where a couple stars were born in the South End. Before that, it was like the lot of North End guys and the EK guys. Those are the guys that and the downtown guys. Those are yeah. the guys that repped it. Uh, City Lights and my boy Jay's Arcadino. All those guys were great dancers. They were great uh, b boys, actually too. Uh, Midnight Breakers, those guys are great. Like I was a shorty then, but I remember Midnight Breakers were like, they were like sick. City Lights and Midnight Breakers used to run the show for the yeah. for the b-boy stuff, right? Right. And then when the when the party scene started, you had uh, you know JJ Freshy and Robbie and Bobby. Uh, forgive me if I forget some other guys that should be in there, but there's a ton of groups, there's a ton of uh, talented brothers and actually sisters too that that were in the scene that did a lot of stuff that contributed to Winnipeg culture. And so, at what point did you guys start writing and and becoming more of a, a rap group along with the right with the dancing? Well, the dancing kind of like faded because what happened, Rod, as you remember, hip hop got hard, right? Yeah. You know, hip hop at one time, hip hop was like it feels good and all that stuff, right? Yeah, it was like, like very friendly. But you still had your EPMD, you still had your rock in. There was still like the head conscious stuff and the PE and stuff. But a lot of it was like a kid and play, the good party yeah. scene, and yeah. and we were young and we partied, so that was that was important to us. But don't get it twisted, we were still deep into the into the hardcore stuff too. Yeah. But then in the nineties, the hard the hardcore stuff took right over, and the dance stuff kind of faded away and. I guess, you know, I don't know, like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't live in the States, but from my perspective, coming from where I come from, it seems like, you know, maybe economic times got a little bit tougher in some, some areas of the States, which bred even harder hip hop yeah. and guys were hungry. And, uh, you know, then we kind of got attracted to it because what happened was, uh, you know, Ice Cube <laughs> came out with, Ice Cube came out with like the Predator and all that, uh, sorry, with uh, America's Most Wanted and all that kind yeah. of stuff, right? And that was huge. And uh, Sun, in particular, uh, grabbed a huge uh, attraction to that very type of feel. And then uh, our crew got a little bigger. You know, we started to meet new guys and get a couple other buddies come in. And it went from dancing to like, hey, let's, uh, you know, start to kind of rap and stuff. Sun started, sorry, uh, dibbling in uh, beats and started making some like just some cheap loops and stuff like that. And yeah. And then, uh, you know, the egg, the egg was, uh, inside the egg, it was growing. Right. So I want to play a song, which is, I believe I met you guys in like either late 93 or early 94. I think it was 94. And, um, uh, we hung out in, um, you know, I'm a little fuzzy. The the one person I know was there hundred percent was Sunil because, we ended up going to his, he invited me over to his place and I got to see his setup. He had a computer and he, and he dubbed me your demo, the freak, the first freak show uncivilized demo. And yeah, so yeah. I think the timing on that is like, you guys made it either late 93 or early 94. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to play a song from that and then talk about what you remember about making it and where you guys heads were at at the time. Sure, go for it. All right, so this song, I believe, is called Role Model. I never got a track listing, but I think, obviously, it's called Role Model, and uh, you can hear the Ice Cube influence for sure, but this is uh, this yeah. is Freak Show from the Uncivilized Demo, um, pre, pre, 
your voice man. your voice on that one is, is uh, quite funny yeah man that's uh that's early shazam so it's like the contrast you hear a lot of things in there right that's like you can hear our influences and that's the thing um influences are important biting and copying is a whole different thing yeah being influenced by somebody or somebody's you like and using their energy to create what you got is everything right so if you listen to that track you can hear mugs you can hear the cypress hill yeah right you can hear the flavor flav slash chuck d type uh vocalization back and forth right um you can hear the ice cube anger right the watch out something might happen to you if you step wrongly yeah right those were the those were the times right and uh i mean as far as our crew's concerned uh you know we uh put a lot into the music and uh put a lot into the writing uh gumball and Sunil actually wrote a ton of that early stuff you know tremendous writers yeah um as far as the crew is concerned, the, the crew is deeper than just the music as you listen to the lyrics, but it was also too just a play on words, uh, expressing the times. Yeah. I love that tape. That whole tape is one of my favorites ever. And it was a huge, <laughs> it was a huge influence on me for sure. Like it was a fucking wake up call because we were kind of in our own world in Brandon, Manitoba doing our thing. <laughs> And, you know, we're into the Beastie Boys, we're into House of Pain, we're into Cypress Hill as well, we're into all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then we go to Winnipeg and then meet you guys, and it's like, holy shit. You yeah, know, you know, tape, it's fun. That tape was like, oh, we got to get our, you know, we got to make one, we got to get recording, we got to yeah. be better, we got to write better, yeah. the whole thing, yeah. you know. Well, you know, you remember that uh, in those days, you know, there was no YouTube and all that, right? So, you know, we were big on, uh, and all the free show albums, if you see them mostly, like, we're not on them. We were big on, like, we loved the fact that nobody knew what we looked like. Yeah. We loved that. We were really into that. We were really into, like, the whole incognito mentality. We loved the whole, like, you know, imagine everybody's listening to that track in, in 1993, it was, or whatever, 92, or whatever it was, 93. And uh, nobody knew what we looked like except yeah. the people that knew us. But everybody else, like you're coming from Brandon, you didn't know what the fuck we looked like. You heard it. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck do these guys look like? You didn't know it was an Indian guy. And a black well, I guy. knew because I, when I heard it, I was sitting with you guys, and it was like, this is you guys, like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right I right, never right, heard right, it until right. until it was like, because that tape never yeah. you didn't didn't release it. You were like, yeah. how I understand it was like you guys made it as a demo to shop to get us yeah, yeah. to get a deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that the recording of that was uh, it was quite fun. And uh, if you look at the lyrics, you know, you listen to the lyrics. Now I haven't heard that track in a long time. I remember it as like yesterday. But you listen to the lyrics, and the lyrics are fairly advanced compared to some of the yes. lyrical content you hear today, right? Um, lyrics are great. Sunil and I pull, pull, uh, playing off each other was a lot of fun, and and uh, Shazam's voice was like uh, at that time. You know, Shazam was kind of like an agitator. That was kind of the yeah. kind of the person that I played on the on the track. Somebody who's like, you know, I'm going to yell at you and laugh at the same time. You yeah. know, and then Smith's going to come in and say, "What are you laughing at? Because you laugh back, or you made a weird face." You know, <laughs> so it's all threatening, but it's art, right? Um, and so that you guys make that and i guess you would have i mean you made a demo so what did you remember what you did with the demo like did you send it out to try and get 
some interest? Did you send it to any labels? Did you do you remember what you oh. did with it? No, I don't remember. I remember uh, I remember selling it ourselves. We used to sell stuff out of the trunk. Yeah. But with that demo, I'm not sure. We might have passed on a couple labels. Might have tried to throw it down in the States, uh, maybe with uh, uh, what was what was uh, what Cuban those guys? What were they on? Because the guy was from Winnipeg, right? The label guy. Yeah, Priority. Priority. And his yeah, niece, I sent a prayer. Yeah, his niece was in Winnipeg too. She would come to hip hop yeah. shows and stuff. And yeah, talk, we, I'll talk we, a little bit about hooking something up, but never, nothing ever happened there. Yeah, yeah, I think we might have sent it uh, out there and stuff, but Brian I mean, Turner. in those days, we were just we were just gun ho, you know. Yeah, uh, a lot of it was just sold on the street. You know, we had that we put those tapes together. We used to go in and pass those tapes out and sell them right right in the bars, right yeah, out the trunk. Well, we'll get into that because this is this next track um, is from your from your actual first tape, mm-hmm. um, where you guys basically had. At that point, then you know, for for the demo we just played, it was like the freak show was you, and Sunil, and then I think you had you had Gumball and you had Darren around, and you had, but then but then the there was also the Twisted Spirits, and so then you guys each made a tape where Twisted Spirits made a tape, Freak Show made Uh a tape, Um, Uh and that's that's where we'll get to here with, and these came out I believe in '95 because we we put out a tape in '94 at the very end of '94, and started Uh selling them hand to hand. And then you guys came out early in 95 with the same thing. And we all just sold a shitload of tapes, I believe. Like, um, I know you guys were always hustling them hard wherever we, wherever there was a show or if you're at any kind of event. Spoof was there with tapes and whoever was there with tapes just working them. It's crazy how the air is the same across the board because there was a group called Wu-Tang Clan that was doing the same thing in Staten Island around the same time too pushing tapes out of their cars we didn't know shit about those guys yeah. they didn't know shit about us you know what i mean but the air was that was that was our youtube that was our that was our uh in those days that was our uh what do you call it uh, social media yeah right yeah and the demand was high like people people oh, loved was, hip-hop like they oh, couldn't insane. get enough Oh, it was insane. Like was now insane. you walk down the street, you know, I don't know if you've been to Las Vegas lately, but you walk down the street yeah. on every corner, Never someone's been. trying to sell you, trying to give you their demo, you know, hey, you yeah. like hip hop, you like hip hop, and no one ever answers them, <laughs> even though we yeah. all love hip hop. But, you know, at that time, yeah. you just couldn't, no, was... every tape that came out in the record store, you'd see anything hip hop related, you wanted to check it out. And some local group comes out with a tape for five bucks, you're going to buy it. Well, it was in its organic stage, and I mean, you know, not to cut off from what happened in the 70s, but organic stage as far as for our part of the land is very organic because we had it. We had it in Winnipeg yeah. even before I like before our groups came around. But like our crews were the first to take it to that next level where there were tapes and there was like shows and stuff like that. So and then the world was buzzing, too, because Tribe was hitting and all these groups of so that whole movement of the mid 90s started to change the the idea of what hip hop music, sorry, what hip hop culture is. Yeah. Right. So we are very fortunate to be young and also tapping in at that time. Let's listen to uh, this is in over your head from the actual first free show tape that came out, which is 1995. You're in. 
Shazam! Scrap all you fell into my plan. The ill kid, I'm tilted like a parallelogram. A stutter, not a runner, but I kick a car in first. Prescribing deadly shit like you had the wrong nurse. Bursting, look out! like Bergen, I can this, outlandish. I'm slaying, now you're praying like a mantis. Scan this for fact as I extract a contract in which I enrich my gibberish to cut lies. What, guys? I buck eyes like the state of Ohio. Then I glow with soul, cause when I glow, I sure could. Slap you like a Sherwood or a Coho. The Lolos are near here, so beware, you know, show. I got more fans than an air cooling system. Spirits, you will feel I'm feeling wisdom when I twist. And now you're in, over your head, and you don't know the deal. So tell me, now how does that feel? Man, you're in, over your head, and you don't know the deal. So tell me, now how does that feel? In, over your head, and you don't know the deal. So tell me, now how does that feel? Man, you're in, over your head, and you can't know the deal. So tell me, now how does that feel? Man, I'm hysterical. Miracles get whipped with obedience. I'm fearing this. Another out of body experience. I'm hysterical. My deviance. Like hair club for men. Getting sent to the pen became a freak show regularity. Practically solar. I had the Lolo's taking care of Yo, me. you think you'll ever make it? Is what everyone was asking. But still, you couldn't kill my will. I chilled like an Alaskan. And, and now, now the task is hand is how the fuck to stop this. I, I guess, guess we'll leave your bouncer more than when a stripper's topless. In over your head, cause you don't know the deal. So tell me, now how does that feel? And you're in over your head, cause you don't know the deal. Just tell me, how does that feel? In over your head, cause you How does that feel? How does that feel? How does that feel?
something to be said for the era where you were able to write a write a song as a group and like mesh it together and make it something special you know as opposed to like you write yours and i'll write mine or you know like that Buddy, that, that that song is a masterpiece man i ain't gonna front on that that was hot man yeah. i heard that i heard that from an, another listener just now i remember hearing that from the person who was on it but just now i heard it from like somebody who just popped it in and listened to it. that that was insane like gumball is a lord right with the pen yeah. you can write like nobody else and Neil T when they teamed up and made a song it was great I was deep learning how to write I wasn't very good I wasn't really a good rapper or anything man I could kill a show and shit and back Neil up and I could kick the verses they gave me and stuff like that but I was more at that time like trying to define myself as a writer so I was in the lab and fortunately enough for me uh, the guy's let me jump in on these tracks and yeah. do this shit, right? I was fortunate, man, because while this was going on, I was dreaming about getting my say in the freak show and be able to put together my own type of flavor and stuff like that. But the uh, collab on that, like, I'm fearing this, another out-of-body experience. He named me a song that has the guy rapping and then he comes in on an out-of-body experience on the second part of the song, backing up and rapping at the same time. It's so, it's so advanced thinking. It's unbelievable how Sunil and uh, Gum were thinking when they wrote that track, you know. And hearing it right now at 2020, I'm like, man, you know, guys, we got to release that stuff again. Actually, we got to redo this stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just redo it. You got to release it. You got to release it. It's yeah. amazing. Or redo it. Jesus. Like right now, you can redo that shit and blow the fuck up, man. From right. what I'm hearing. Right. That's just, just that's my opinion. <laughs> Who knows about, who knows, but um, yeah, I mean, people need to hear it for sure. Yeah, In um, Over Your Head is a, a classic, it's a classic banger, man, and uh, I thank you for that, that was great, that was great. Classic I think it banger. was my, I, I want to say that I remember hanging out with Sunil and sharing records a lot, and I take, yeah. I feel like a lot of my records ended up as freak show songs, but he did, he would take them home and make great stuff with them, um, yeah. and did a great job. There, there was consent, or the records just disappeared? No, no, there's consent. It was like, yo, no, take this. Uh, okay. No, no, it was all good, okay. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like sharing. Mike with... <laughs> hey, no, 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 no theft. Not to my knowledge, anyway. Um... <laughs> uh, so you put that tape out, and um, the the, the um, Twisted Spirits tape comes out at the same time. And you guys are the low lows. And you're just, um, you know, doing things in Winnipeg. And then at some point, you guys decide we got to form together and, and make one big group called The Free Show. I want to get into that. Right. And, and I want to get into patience. And so, like, basically between that tape, then you guys decide to just form a larger group with more rappers kind of thing. At least more, more people visible. Because, you know, the only thing that people would be hearing, they wouldn't know that Gumball's doing this writing and they don't know about the other people in the crew. They just hear you know Sunil and Sheldon and um, and then you form and you form with Gruff and Nismala and Spoof and you, you become the freak show um, that many people know of which is when they get introduced through the Patience video so talk about the that video and like that labor of love trying to make that happen well the Patience video I mean like yeah you know just to sidestep for a second uh with the free show going going around with that with with that sound you just heard, uh, we started recruiting talent in our in our community. Yeah. And uh, 
Sunil was in uh, good friends with Graf, and I knew Graf too. And Graf was in the Bootknock Rascals with uh, Marty. And uh, they started coming over to the studio. And then we saw Ismail at a show, long story short. And I, I recruited Ismail because I said, this guy's got talent. Sunil never liked Ismail. And so I said, ah, you don't got good lyrics. I said, never mind the good lyrics, man. The guy can, he, the guy can flow over for days over beats. Like, he's got the right idea. I said, don't worry. We bring him in. We, we just train him. We train him to what we want to do. And I think this guy's got the talent to just come through and do it. And uh, we brought his mall in. And then Gruff, and Gruff came with uh, Spoof. And then, yeah, Free Show started. So then, yeah, uh, with that, the Twisted Spirits went, did their stuff. And when we amalgamated, we made one group. Uh, our first release is Patience. Uh, Patience was a story of a group of guys that were thirsting to put out hip hop from where they come from, but felt that they wouldn't get the recognition due to where they come from, but knew that they had the product to put a dent in the hip hop community and to contribute to hip hop culture in Canada, hip hop culture in the world. Uh, we decided to shoot a video for it. In those days, we used, we used to have meetings once a week. We'd get together and we'd yeah. meet at the university and stuff and have these meetings, decide what our plans are and everything. We'd always have these meetings all the time, talk about what we're going to do next and all that kind of stuff. So with the video, uh, the big meeting was, well, how are we going to shoot the video? Uh, everybody had an idea of how to shoot the video. My idea was, I said, how about we just put the camera up and we show a bunch of guys fighting the shit out of each other for the space because cameras don't come here in Winnipeg mm -hmm. to, to shoot to shoot hip hop. So why don't we put it like the camera's actually shooting Winnipeg and these guys see cameras and they start rapping towards the camera and the other guy sees the, yo, I want space. The other guy sees the, yo, I want space. So after wrestling back and forth with the boys about my idea, I fought hard for that shit. Yeah. I said, you know, this is what we're gonna do. And eventually, you know, thankfully, the guys were like, you know what? Let's do that. That's cool. That sounds like fun. So. Uh, we got a local group, a uh, local bunch of guys uh, that go to, uh, they went to uh, college for uh, film. I forget the guy's name, man. Oh, God. You might even know, Rod. Do you know those guys? You know I, guys are I do know uh, the guys, but I don't remember his name either. Yeah, he was, being, he was a young yeah. guy and uh, you guys, yeah. he was yeah. a bit of a character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you know my bad brother. If I forgot your name, but we got these young guys. They were all like, "Yeah, we'll shoot your video on film." So we had film. Yeah. And uh, we shot that video in minus thirty-five degrees. <laughs> we did it. It was a two-day shoot, I believe. Yeah, we did minus thirty-five, and uh, Sunil uh, caught the flu. I caught the flu really bad after that video. Yeah, because you guys uh, didn't have your shirts on, right? You were running around in the snow. Yeah, yeah, snow shirt off and shit buried you in the snow and stuff like that, and. Uh, <laughs> The whole premise of the video, like I said, was there was five minute, four minutes or whatever. And that four minute time, these local guys that rapped were like, yo, I'm going to bust my stuff. And the other guy was like, yo, you got to get off. I got to bust my stuff. So it became a cult classic. It's been my passport in Toronto since I've lived here. Is that right? <laughs> you know, yeah, everybody I've met here and I talked about the history and who I am. You know, some guys like, yo, you're the black and white video man. The three show, we get to fighting. So, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, God, man. He's like, Guys here was like, yo, we didn't even know there was rap one thing. We saw that on much music. It blew our minds away. And I was like, yo, let's come from Toronto, guys. So we toured Toronto and like, was, like, we were on the Hip Hop Explosion tour. And it was like, we didn't get a chance to like, even yeah. get our stuff out. And people were going crazy because at that time, Toronto had its own attitude and how yeah. things should be done and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, that, that was the time. But uh, later on, when I moved up here 
and I met people and explained to them who I am and all that kind of stuff. They were like, you know, those who knew hip hop culture from Canada would be like, yo, I know the video, man. Like, like, you know, so yeah, that vi- that video I produced, I had no idea about production. Yeah, I learned a lot. We went to Derek Corner, and uh, Ismail and I flew up here to. We, we, we had two reels of tape. We flew up to Toronto to see Derek Horn, and uh, he edited the video for us. And uh, I'll never forget. He's like, "This is all you guys have." <laughs> yeah, there's no footage. <laughs> nothing to cut to. Nothing to. Yeah, there was like a two reels or a reel, one or two reels. And yeah. uh, Ismail and I were sitting in the studio, and he puts the reels on. And we see the video without any music, obviously, it's just the action. And we're just crying like little schoolgirls sitting on the floor dying with laughter going, this is awesome. And he's like, this is all you guys got? He goes, okay, listen, I'm going to put this in the computer. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to do it the best I can, right? And yeah. uh, sorry, my wife, turned, my wife turned off the lights. Uh, people don't care about you, man. They just turn the lights off and shit. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, so Derek put that video together. God bless him. And he actually is part of the Call of Classic too because the way he edited it with like one reel of tape. And he was like, you guys are tremendous, man. He goes like, man, I can't believe you came here with one. It's usually like 10 reels. We're yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't know, man. We had two days. We only had this much money. We told these guys you'd give them this much money and uh, we we're coming here to do it. So uh, last but not least, you know, Derek shot it. And the rest is history, Roddy. So you, the the video comes out, and I want to play. I'm not gonna play patience, but I'm gonna play uh, the playing with emotions, which is I think the B side from the patience 12 inch. But you guys got your shit together. You got the video out, and you you know you got a 12 inch out, and uh, started working on some other stuff. But uh, let's play this song, playing with emotions. Before and, you drop that, let me just say something because you're playing playing with emotions, right? Yeah. About that track, uh, you know, in those days right the remix is always as good or better than the original yeah. and the remix is different you know we grew up on dallas austin we grew up on that bbd stuff where it's like if you heard the the, the bbd remix album for the poison album yeah uh, it's like one of the greatest remix albums in the history of mankind <laughs> so once neil once neil put that together he did a completely different beat we changed our flows we did everything completely different but the best part about the playing with emotions is one of my favorite songs actually from pre-show one of them is that it is the same song but a but a completely different song but it is the remix for that video it's crazy right so yeah very proud of that man so let me say that before you drop it so everybody knows um and before i forget because you were talking about the concept of the um the patience video and like throwing a camera on and people fighting for the spotlight it's actually quite apropos because we get the word that if whenever much came to town and maybe a little after this but in the in the mid 90s when much like if if you heard that much was coming town everybody came out of the woodwork to try and like get in yeah. front of that fucking camera in one way or the yeah. other and it was yeah. it was just <laughs> unreal and so that's yeah. quite because we got so little exposure in, in winnipeg like it yeah. was crazy how up yeah. until the patience video like i don't even know if any of us were ever on much music in any way shape or form we were on we were first on in 95 when we went to much music west and we we're on with terry david mulligan for about thir- 25 seconds yeah. and uh so yeah that's funny uh okay well let's play this playing with the motions this is from the patience 12 inch from 90 i think this came out in 96 
The spoof part is dope, man. The spoof is dope on this. It's all dope. Check it out. The screen recorded morning has you cornered in your crib. I'm reporting the snack black walkings on your doorstep. Spartan, last as lordship, melodic, morbid papes. I create will have you draped in garlic. Optic, nerves turn the words into imagery. Stick with me, my delivery will have you missing me. This trilogy, trickery is getting me the customs. Busted up, fans getting chance from fans, jugulars, this publishers. Clearing house of lousy tracks. So how can you be down? Yo, you shouldn't have to ask. So raps bring them here, then disappear, don't interfere. My crystal clear will hit the ear. I've been for years, the brigadier. General, incredible. Now several of the federal authorities like Dorothy wanna see the emerald. Duels, the fools wanna meddle in my business. But witness your missus, she wishes for thickness. Your interest brought lost to be a player. Depressed on how your princess wouldn't lay ya. I meet him with your master. You're feeding on disaster. You best pull out your boot because I shoot my loop on faster. The caster, fella, go too well to fall through it. To those who must impose, they act as candles to the druid. With those thoughts, I lose it. So use this quick advantage. To be the one to lead to catch my soup and look the cabbage patch. But you can't manage that. The source is too important. Distorted when I'm hyper, I'll make whole life unsupported. Baby, why save you? I'd rather have you wonder why your hunts are near my nuts. So when I drop you, you can catch it. Or let you fly like rockets high, this pop is rolling stolen. It's just my lifty words, I kick the torch and knock your boneless. But your brain is boneless. I say this because it's wrong, you said. You'll just get with porno flicks, so then you'll have a bone to pick. Titanium. I'm aiming them with infrared eyes that only see reality But now why fools wanna battle me? No batteries included, I've eluded puppet masters Keeping the bleach out my brain stained with creativity My delivery is that which make the microphone shine With lines turning shit-talking clowns into mimes Designed from the mind of a sage Flip the page and check the chapter But now I drop the science and I'll save the math for after
That's Playing With Emotions. That's Freak Show from their Patience 12-inch from 1996. What are you playing that off of? Uh, that is... I ripped all the vinyl that I have this o- over the time where... Um, the quarantine time, I pulled all my vinyl out of storage and mm-hmm. digitized it all. So that is from my copy of the Patience 12-inch. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, man. Beautiful track. Oh, love it. Love it. Yes. Hot, hot. So... At this point, um, for you in in the freak show, you you made reference to how you wanted to kind of start to get into what you brought because you know up until up until to a certain point, uh, you know it was like Gumball and Sunil writing and then them giving you parts, and uh-huh. and then are you starting to write the lyrics we're starting to hear now, or at what point does that start to happen? Uh, that song's written. Uh, that that whole part's written freak show. Yeah, but that pre-show part written by Gum and Snail and stuff like that. But no, at that time, that's when like I'm getting into like coming out with my first stuff. I'm writing my solo slowly. Yeah, it took me it took me three years to write a solo album. I've been doing it. I was doing it for a long time, right? Yeah, I didn't happen overnight. You know, the Michael Schurzam right project is a, a accumulation of like three years of work plus plus. Right. So at that time, I was like studying, listening to the guys spending a lot of time listening to these guys write, listening to these guys drop their lyrics because they're accomplished writers. So I was like the junior guy kind of sitting there listening to how these guys do it and then learning to, how to approach a page. And I think uh, one, of the, one of the dynamics that helped me a lot was reading more. So I was reading a lot of books and going through that whole, you hold a pale horse period. So, right. you know, as for information, my brain was getting filled up with new stuff. Yeah. But I really admired how the boys were able to approach a page. They didn't come in and say, yeah, sucker. You know, they always said something like really beautiful. First sentence is a beautiful sentence. And Gruff is, you know, Gruff is a poet man, you know? Yeah. Oh, you I listen know. To Gruff. Yeah. <laughs> Gruff is a poet man. He just comes in and you sit back and say, what do you think of that? You know? So imagine I spend it every day with that guy, right? So, yeah. Sitting, sitting back and spending every day, uh, every day with guys like that, and then listening to Ismala's ferocious battle mentality. You know, Ismala was like, "We're gonna kill everybody. It doesn't matter. We can kill everybody. Let's just kill, them. right?" 
listening to his strength as, as a battle MC, listening to Gruff's uh, poetic nature, listening to Spoof's, uh, Spoof's got that kind of like CL Smooth influence, right? If you listen to CL Smooth, you can hear Spoof. If you yeah. listen to Guru, you can hear Gruff, right? If you listen to, uh, for example, Jay Roo, you can hear Small and Way too a little bit, right? So each guy had their own guy that they were listening to and bringing it out their own way not biting but no, using no. that energy not using that energy to uh to, to to do themselves like for example sunil on playing with emotion and and patience you can see the marley marl right like it's yeah and i don't i don't mean marley marl is the sound but marley marl is the mind state mm-hmm. as far as for creating a wicked track yeah right like the symphony then, you mean yeah, yeah, and just like Marley Marl's responsible for a lot of great music, yeah. you know, and he's able to interchange. He's done some wicked R and B too that you don't even know about. That he's like, Marley Marl do that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same thing, right? I would, I would like a lot of people say the RZA because of the time, and yeah, like the RZA too, because you know, we at that time too, we knew Wu Tang Clan. We we're studying a lot of like what was coming out of Staten Island, and that sound was like mind blowing to everybody, but. We were also around before the Staten Island sound too, right? So, yeah, you know, Sunil, Sunil's uh, magic on, on the beat making, uh, it comes from a lot of great uh, producers too, not just the RZA no, idea, no. No, but way before that. Because he was way before. I mean, you know, to, to talk to about, about Sunil and his production for a minute, it, it was like, when I go back and listen to some of the stuff he was doing, like on that demo... On that demo that we played originally, like somewhere on that tape, he samples the Dead Kennedys, which to me is insane for something to happen. Like this, this kid in the basement in Winnipeg in '93 sampling Dead Kennedys is like bonkers. And 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 you 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 mentioned Scooby Doo as we were listening to one of the songs, and and just so much influence, um, and just yeah, just different different stuff. Um, not your typical. Oh, yeah, no James Brown. No Parliament Funkadelic. No, not the typical, yeah, and like a lot of like, but the mentality, right, of the Hank Shockleys, right, and those guys, the Easy Mobies, those guys from the early times, a lot of that mentality, uh, like I said, uh, Marley Marl, a lot of that early production that we grew up with, the symphony and all that, Sneil, uh grabbed onto that and used that, that, that power that those brothers had doing what they did to produce freak show music, right, and um, the, the RZA was the icing on the cake because, again, what was coming out of Staten Island at the same time when we dropped Patience was, yeah, you know, for for me personally, was mind blowing experience. I didn't know what too many of those those brothers looked like, but the sound yeah. was like the guy the guy would just loop a beat and then have a lady sing high pitch and speed up the lady's voice. Yeah, that was that was like what, what the fuck is that? It's amazing, right? I want to get to your next project that the Freak Show did, and you your feature on it, or the feature that I I remember liking a lot. Um, so you guys, patience comes out, and it's time to do a CD, and then decision is sort of to make this Freak Show motion CD, which is motion yep. was his mala, um, and the yep. idea was like to to have obviously everybody's on this album, but it's basically an Ismala focused album. Um, yeah. And I remember that album coming out and it being really, really a good album. Like, and I was re-listening to it the other day, and and there's a lot of really good stuff on it. Can you talk about what you guys yeah. were thinking about that, or what, why, why you focused yeah, on so, his mala? Yeah. So the motion album just came out of a, another university meeting where we felt that uh, the first guy to be released out of the crew 
was going to be the battle MC because everybody loved the battle MC. You know, uh, Freak Show was big on storytelling and themes and all that kind of stuff, and we were still like working deeply on that, and we had a lot of stuff coming out of the coming out of the fireless sort of way to speak. Yeah. But uh, at that time, the battle MC is what everybody loves, so we said, okay, Mala is. Uh, the most talented musician in the crew as far as for multiple uh, instruments. Uh, Mala can do all kinds of stuff. He can play piano, he can play saxophone, he can play drums. He, he can do everything. And he can also fool like a motherfucker and he can beat your ass in a freestyle. Easy, right? Yeah. So we decided that to put out an album with our most, uh, I shouldn't say most talented, but uh, MC-wise, our most ferocious MC first to make a statement was what we wanted to do. Um, Morrison was a was an excellent album actually concept wise. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, the the artwork again, like you know, we were like we're not about. His mom was standing by standing by a car and saying yo. It was like under a lamp actually, and actually that shot was by mistake. But we took that shot, and when we we're looking at all the shots that we took. Uh, I was like, yo, this one's a good one because it's just the light coming down. You see a silhouette. That's perfect under pre-show because the whole thing, again, about the incognito, about the mystery and releasing it in Winnipeg. People are like going, this is from our city, but who the, who the fuck are these guys? Except yeah. for the people that know us, right? Yeah. And then outside, outside of Winnipeg, even better because people are just like, nobody knows who they are. They keep releasing stuff, but we can't, we, we don't see them, you know? Yeah. So on the album covers and you know of course in the video you see us but in the album covers and stuff so we decided to, to release motion first because of the talent that motion had number one and number two he also had the most work too he had a, he had a great body of work of uh, rhymes and he can get in the studio with Sunil and drop stuff down in 30 seconds you know yeah. so it was just like we gotta get things done Sunil's mentality was like and still even today Sunil's mentality is like man it's gotta be done uh, uh two days right two still days. deadline driven oh yeah yeah well, yeah yeah, even more so now because he's a he's a professional artist, right? right? Um, and so I think uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, St. Louis might have taken the photos for the Motion album. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, you know what? I, I, when I was telling you the story, I was thinking, who took those pictures, man? But I mean, yeah, it might have been St. Louis actually. Yeah, and he might have some. Yeah, he might have some, a lot of those pictures because I think we shot the Motion cover actually in Port Richmond in my neighborhood. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the shot was under a lamppost in my old neighborhood where I grew up in. Right. I'm pretty sure that's where that cover comes from because he stood there and St. Louis shot it and the way he came out, it was just, he was just dark and you could see his afro and the light in the back. And yeah. That was enough. That was Perfect. sold right there. Um, all right, let's check this song out. This is from the Motion yeah. CD, which is 97, and this is Shock Networks. So this is, uh, is Mala featuring uh, Shazam. I sit down at the keyboard stationed along the seashore to record some verses for my main man Sam. A telegram dedicated to me, it must be G-Motion. We'll play the cook, send me the recipe. So I type three songs and send the project through the motor. I think I can unload them for mad cash and split all the profits in half. So we can spread it through our staff and laugh. A copycat to try to master the craft. I got your back with a couple of rhymes locked in my stash. He sends the facts so fast we give opponents whiplash. Hey. 
A deadly virus that's out of control Developed by a network disabling your IBM These two heads combine to light up your screen Keyboards in the scheme while bass breaks your spleen This is deliberate, escape won't escape shit Shock not works day and night to be precise Website carries info through ill flows Compu bros who jack that pack in windows Poetry arose to complicate all codes While every home pulls their dome from overload Yo, Shaz unloads complex text you can't decode Plus my secret mode, motion knows the potent vocal tones No, special cause, fuck the rest of Microsoft We is the boss, like wops and pestle sauce So here's the verdict, if you allergic Suffer from my utter, as I surprise guys with word perfect Vocal shock Ilkin and coconut works connect to make an international web. Displaying scripture for the heads, but feds keep running viruses to fuck up my wire. Sire, they've acquired illegal documents from Sunscript. Everyone fips, so I trust no one unless he's family. Cause snakes all wanna garnish from my salary. So I check out the back of files and find the weapon on the freak show. It will delete both from in my system. So no more interaction, you just listen as you scroll through the screen. Your goals tend to seem a little pointless and random. So I access your memory to examine your assembly. Your drive ain't hard, so I discard this shit and try. If I should pass, that's a crash system through the phone line. No need to make an exit temp and rhyming, cause it's home Taking time. Loss and games are wire cross and toss and verbs. It's vocal shock and coconuts, electric words. As the messages surge through your computer, it hurts. Cause we lurk in your ROM. It's shock shock works. That production was dope because Neil, but the, the speaking spell was my old speaking spell from a kid yeah. when I was little. And uh, yeah, there's a message in there if you, if you, <laughs> if you listen to it again. Wind it back. Spells, yeah, speaking spells tells you something. I don't want anybody, actually don't because I don't want people to jump off the bridge and then be like those records from the 70s. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, no, but uh, it's a speaking spell, my old speaking spell. And uh, I was like, yo, let's put this on and stuff like that. That's um, dope. That, that was actually my first verse that I released, that I wrote. Right, I was going to ask. Right? It's starting yeah, to yeah, sound that, like like yeah. you. Yeah, I remember sitting in an apartment with his, with his mom, his apartment where he lived, and I remember us writing it together, and that whole back and forth was written by both of us sitting there laughing and vibing. Yeah. And, uh, and then I went and wrote my verse, and it was just all about, like, you know, ACPAC, you know, Jack, ACPAC, and Windows. Remember ACPAC? <laughs> Way back in the day, all that all that jargon. Yeah. Poetry arose. The complicated codes, you know. That stuff was just like it was, it was just a, a computer verse. And like I said, like Free Show was very uh very theme driven, right? Yeah. Totally. Right. So shock shock networks and uh Coco Networks was another nickname we had for it, it was Myla. And the vocal shock L kid is is my nickname. Right. Out of Michael Shazam, right? Right. I remember that now. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, for for kids who don't know, the speaking spell was like this handheld uh, oh, yeah. toy that it was uh, it was like an electronic toy that would would say the word and then you would use the keyboard and spell it. So it had this really distinct um, you know way of speaking, which is 
it's been sampled a zillion times, but that was one of the earliest uses of its of it being sampled. It was, it's still a classic kind of thing that's been sampled like in house music and electronica yeah. for forever and it's, and will be forever because it's so oh, really, iconic. Eh? Oh yeah, I had I I had it in my house and I put batteries in it and I took it to the studio and Sunil started going crazy and he's like, yeah, you got to put this in the song, man. Yeah, and uh, like that you know, distinctive. I, Oh yeah, and it would it go it would say uh, Roddy would go like a spell car C A R. You are correct. Now spell. But no, no lie. The best one it would say spell Vody, and I repeat Vody, Vody, V O D Y. That is incorrect. The correct spelling of Vody is M O N E Classic. Yo, no lies, no lies. When I was a kid, I used to get frustrated. It's like I could spell everything they told me because you know you memorize all the shit. Yeah. But it always was spelled Woody, and I'd spell with a V, and it'd be like it was money. The damn thing was saying. <laughs> you can spell Texas Instruments, man. Exactly, Texas, and they had speak and spell, speak and read, and speak and math. But speak and spell was the one that was their platinum hit. Like that was the one everyone had. No one had the other two. Um, Gotta bring that shit back, bro. Yeah, bring that shit dope. back in the. And reading scores will go up. That's right. Um, all right. So the whole crew decides to put out this Ismala CD. And then um, I remember for years after, it was like, but our our crew album's coming. And it's coming. And it kind of took a while, right? It did, yeah. It was, it was brewing. It was like, it was happening during all that stuff. The crew album was already on its way, but, you know, like... We believed in taking our time. We never believed in rushing. Yeah. You know, I mean, in the studio was a different thing, but I mean, as far as for project oriented stuff, it took time. There were meetings, there were arguments, and you know, even up to today, you know, Rod, you see us, you know, you see Freak Show together and all kind of stuff. Like, we're we're a bunch of hard headed motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I can lie to you, man. Sweetest I mean, guys in the world, but hard headed motherfuckers. You're holding together a pretty big group of guys for quite a while. I mean, you know, just. To put in context, I had a group called Farm Fresh that kind of formed in 92, and we were done by 97. And you guys managed to hold together for the most part, all the way from, you know, your origin is like in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and you're, and you're holding together into 2000, and it starts to kind of, things start to change. But um, the People in Your Neighborhood album... Uh, you know, finally comes out in 2000. I want to play the song, your solo track on it, but what what's happening in this in this time? Like, is anything changing between 97 and 2000? Is, you know, Sunil, what point does Sunil take off? And what's, is there, what's happening? For people in your neighborhood? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and this is my personal opinion, uh, maybe some of the other guys might say something else, I'm pretty sure they will, but for me, the biggest thing in the, in the free show changing its dynamics in those days was guys uh, started buying uh, buying diapers, right? You know, and uh, you know what that means. Yeah. The guys buy diapers. Times change, right? Yeah. And uh, that was a big thing. If guys, I think if guys weren't buying diapers or had to buy diapers at that time, uh, I think the group would have put out a lot more. Uh, albums and uh real solid albums too i really believe that but you know uh they say uh god works in mysterious ways and uh 
I wouldn't change it for the world because uh, through those diapers, we got we got great uh, we got great, great kids in the in the yeah. fam. Yeah. Right. So that's just the way things work, man. You can't 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 change it. But um, I think it was that you know, guys had babies. A couple guys had babies young, and uh, it changed their dynamic because they had to start thinking about uh, providing for their families and stuff. So it changed the whole like, I'll see you at twelve noon and drop you home at one thirty a.m. Yeah. Right. So uh, the group. Well, I mean, we were still, you know, even though that was happening, we still did a lot of work. You know, we went to San Diego, we went to the Gavin Convention. We opened up for uh, hieroglyphics, you know, at the Gavin, which was uh, a phenomenal experience. Um, and then with people in your neighborhood, uh, what happened was Neil then at that time was like, he felt that he had a calling and uh, his calling was uh, to go to India service people which was like you know extremely honorable you know like he felt i wanted to go home and serve my people my music that's that's something i gotta i gotta do and myself being a trinidadian descent and all the other guys Molly being african and all our other guys having all these different roots you know it was uh you know looking back in hindsight it was uh quite a quite a moving uh quite a moving thing for Sunil to do what he did and that was a big thing because he was our producer he was the heartbeat of the group right yeah and uh, I remember during the people in your neighborhood format time where we were putting it together you know Sunil said I want to be a public person I want to live a public life I want to go to India and blow up and do this type of stuff in India because nobody's doing it and make make a living right at that time at that time I was like well I want to be just respect it I don't care to blow up I don't care you know I said man you know for me I don't care to go to the store and have people taking pictures of you and shit like that and it's not like that we were gonna blow up or anything but that was just my mentality you know I was more like I don't know like you know at that time I was like more like I, I would reference myself to more like kind of like the jizz like just respect you know like yeah. slow down respect people like you they like you so they want to go in the lights you want to be the man you want to be under the lights in the show he's right. always been like he's always been like that right you know he, he actually he actually got me to let that part out in myself when i was a young kid in 88 yeah he pulled, pulled you into the dancing exactly in 88 i was a good dancer in my little community living in fort richmond and i'd go to the school dance so that was good yeah but so I was like, yo, man, what are you fucking doing here? You need to go in the city. Come downtown. We're going to come downtown. We're going to be, we're going to battle everybody. We're going to take over the city. That yeah. was his mentality, right? Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah, during the, the people time, Sunil decided that he was going to go, uh, uh, take care of his life, which was, uh, a great decision. Yeah. Right. And, uh, shows you the, the dynamic of, uh, how free show is, uh, not just a band it's actually a collaborative of guys who love uh hip-hop culture but also you know love themselves and their ethnic backgrounds and who they are first right, right. so um so we were talking before and you mentioned how you're starting to leak some tracks on not leak but put some tracks out and um i'm not going to play the song but people should go check out the song uncivilized which is on uh, now on streaming services if you look for Freak Show. And if you don't know, Freak Show is spelled F-R-E-K-S-H-O. There's no W, there's no A. Um, but the funny thing, the reason I bring up Uncivilized is because, you know, on that first 
on that first demo you guys do, that which we played a little bit of yeah. in '93, yeah. that beat yeah. is on that demo. It was yeah. like you guys had, and it was called Uncivilized. Like you guys had these ideas that you just wouldn't let go of. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. quite remarkable to look at your career and go, like they had this beat, this idea for the song in 1993, and it came out in 2000, where it was its crew track. And it's a great track, Uncivilized, where everybody's on it, and there's a whole concept to it but it's it's interesting these concepts you guys have had early on that you just you know you saw through which i think is admirable yeah thanks man yeah um the that johnny c beat uh that was a, that's a big loop and uh when we came up with with uh with uh people we decided to go back to the root of where we started yeah and then we decided to incorporate everybody into the song because the song is a really cool song about our colonization yeah of the, of the mind of the hip hopper right <laughs> um so this song is your one of your solo i believe it's just you on this song called collector do i have that right yeah so collector do you want me to explain it before you drop it yeah sure so um collector was uh so I'll tell you how Collector started. Collector started with Snail calling and saying, I'm in, I'm gonna be at your house in five minutes. I got a new beat. Get outside, get in the car. Came, jumped in the car, we drove. And what we used to do is free show all the time. We'd stop somewhere, probably the Pemby parking lot, which is a good place, or yeah. parking lots in general. We would sit there and listen to either albums uh, or our beats that Sunil cooked up some new beats. So Sunil played this beat, and I had a vision, and I thought about uh, abduction because uh, at that time I was like writing my own stuff, and I was like deep into writing my personal album, and I had this vision about being abducted as a child because I went through that. I went through that when I was in grade six, where. Uh, I was walking home with my friends and some guy in a van stopped. The white van, remember those really? days, the white van? Oh yeah, like, it's funny, the white van, it's it's really strange because it, it, it goes across the board. There's tons of stories about the white van. Yeah. I was a victim of the white van. So I was walking with my buddies, I was by myself, my buddies were behind me, white van stopped, the guy said, hey, get in here, man, your parents said you should come with me for lunch, old guy. I was like, whatever, <laughs> I don't know this guy. <laughs> I don't know this guy, but trust me, man. My heart stopped. I ran back to my friends. We took the license plate number 063TPE. Remember the license plate. Wow. And uh, we reported the police, my parents, and all that kind of stuff. And all he got was, in those days, he got a slap on the wrist. The cops said, oh, we talked to him and all that kind of stuff. But whatever. Long story short, I went through it. And when I was writing this song, I couldn't help but thinking, it's a fine line rod, right? Yeah. Some kids, some, some children cross the line. Some kids don't. Fortunately, fortunate, fortunate for me, I didn't cross the line. And I think, you know, obviously based on my upbringing and how my parents raised me as a child, there was no way I was going to cross the line. But some kids would have gotten to that van and we heard countless stories, Candace Dirks and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Got to that van and, and moved on and left the earth over that experience, right? So Collector was, I wanted to give the audience a kind of first account of a parent who goes through the first hour and 43 minutes of abduction of losing their child yeah so it's a, it's a psychological track i love all the psychological shit still do up to today yeah 
but uh, it's never been done before. And I thought, no, that's some wild shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to put it out for people to listen to. And uh, up to the day, Marty, even Marty, you know, Spoof says, you know, I can't listen to that song. You know, yeah. at least like, I don't even listen to that. I fast forward it because I got kids. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, now that I have kids, yeah, it's, it's hard to listen to that song. <laughs> I didn't have kids back then. It was just a vision. Yeah. Based on, based on Sunil's beat. Right. So that you just heard the beat and this is like, that's what, those are the pictures in your head you thought of. It. Yeah, I heard the beat and the guys were like, they love the beat and stuff like that. But for some reason, I was really... Uh, into it and I took the beat home and I said Sunil I want this beat I got something for it and uh, I dropped it for Sunil and he's like yo cool you know drop your shit I dropped my lyric to it and uh, called it The Collector let's check it out this is The Collector this is from People in Your Neighborhood um, from which came out I believe in 2000 let's check it out As I take my lasagna from out the stove About now my boy runs home to catch his afternoon show Spider-Man on Fox 28 had all the kids running It's like you miss an episode and you're rejected by your peers I sat on the couch waiting for his voice outside the house Screaming dad, 28 flip the channel I can't be late 25 after Spider-Man starts in 5, he should arrive any second Out of breath before he steps and I'll surprise him Slipped on my mask and hid behind the door I'll jump out yelling then I'll tackle him to the floor 1231 Still no signs of my son, Spider-Man has begun A rerun, the hobgoblins in this one Threw off my mask, grabbed the phone and spoke to Mrs. Terry She said she just saw Mike sprint by at around 1220 Now that's a mystery, unusual, then it hit me Panic struck as I flew out the door with my socks on Something must be wrong, I kept saying to myself As I dashed down the street, I was praying to myself The main road traffic flowed at a steady pace My expression made my face seem discouraged from loss of faith I turned to head back Hoping that he had reached home by now But my peripheral vision caught a glance of a star His Jerry Rice card lay beside a parked car As I examined the tear, I wiped away my tears This bloody nightmare has my heart beating rapidly This can't be happening, I thought while standing on my driveway I called the hospital, plus chatted with his friends for any leads Now it's 1.43 as I state my plea to the authorities
dark that, shit. Uh, that yeah, the, that uh, song too was also influenced uh, off um, the same situation about being in the car and listening to an MC named uh, Biggie Smalls. Yeah, and uh, Suicidal Thoughts, which was the last song on the album. I'll never forget sitting in uh, the car one night with the boys in the back seat and uh, listening to Biggie's album top to bottom yeah and suicidal suicidal thoughts came on where he commits suicide at the end yeah, when i an, die i'm gonna go to hell because i'm a piece of shit and it's hard, hard to tell and then uh, the goody goodies you know i like yeah. tins and black hoodies that song blew my mind away actually that was that was my favorite song on the album because what it the impact of the lyrical part of the song and how he just did this whole album and he's like he shoots himself at the end and the album's called ready to die that was that was mind-boggling to me. So, Collector also was kind of like influenced off that. The feeling of it again, we go back to the fighting, but using oh yeah the pa- the power of something to be influenced for something, right? Absolutely. So that's a prime example of that. It wasn't a bite on Biggie, but the power that Biggie shared with me through that track helped me write uh, Collector. And I mean, just the way that the expectation in the crew of just this kind of creativity is, you know, pretty crazy where it's like, you know, what can we do to always, it seems like always is like, what can we do to fuck with people's heads? You know, or what can we do to, <laughs> that hasn't been done? Like that's, yeah, that yeah. was like job number one. Yeah. And, and never purposely, it was just who we were. And it was like, you know, we could, we couldn't say too much of the stuff that we were hearing across the border because we didn't live that type of lifestyle, right? Yeah. You know, um, in the early days uh, with with the crew and with the Lolos in, in particular, the Lolos were a, a large crew it was musicians and and friends, and uh, some of those some of those things were in the world and in our in part of our world too. But as we developed ourselves as, as a hip hop artists and artists in general, and as people, you know. Um, that people in your neighborhood type vibe came out of just uh, us growing up, you know, and just getting into ourselves as, as human beings. So we couldn't, it would have been a shame to try to replicate some of the stuff we loved in the United States, for example. Yeah. You know, it would have been a shame to do that. And a lot of people, we and we forget that a lot of people did that. Like, yeah, there was yeah, a we, lot of people just so derivative. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that totally gravitated to the stage, which is fine because those are yeah, and those brothers and sisters out there influenced us as 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 uh, hip hop people. But to take what they're doing in their life experiences and to do it where we come from, that wasn't the case actually where we lived. You know, for some, yes, it was, but not for a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you know, the first thing is like if someone said. You know, like in the 90s, if you heard someone in Canada talk about a gun, for example, it was just like, yeah. you pretty much tune them out. Maybe yeah, in Toronto, yeah. maybe, 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 but anywhere else, and it was like, come on. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, for sure, because we, we heard about, you know, I knew about Jane and Finch, for example, and all that kind of stuff way back in the 90s before I even went up there or, or, or in, in Toronto knowing about that place. We just heard about it. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, things happen, but... Outside of that, you know, there's so like it's, it's still not 
it's hip-hop culture but it's not the root of the culture right the culture is the elements and the elements has nothing to do with some of the lyrical content of the 90s that we heard yeah right guys were just talking about what was going on in their communities but the hip-hop itself has nothing to do with what sometimes we not we but what people uh acquaint hip-hop with that's not what hip-hop's about right um, I want to play one more um, kind of golden age track because I'm not sure when this this came out on your tournament edition which was a reissue of like all kinds of tracks um, mm-hmm. but this song's called Chilla's Instinct and I gravitated towards it as kind of the last uh, just another like song with everybody like another kind of super group song which was really fun yeah. um, want to listen to it or did you have anything to say about it before yeah yeah Chilla's uh that album tournament edition was just uh we decided to put out a freak show album full of uh unreleased stuff and we decided to record it live so that record that album was just recorded like a live situation it wasn't recorded like taking takes and all that like the other albums that we did it was just like everybody was in the studio everybody was just dropping lyrics everybody was in the background mm-hmm. in, in chillers it was a posse cut yeah that album that album was just like old stuff that we had on the shelf that we decided to put out but the way we recorded that album was just like we just dropped everything standing right there inside the big studio right all right let's check this out this is chilla's instinct from tournament edition check yo check this out freak show on the microphone welcome shot girl kiss your boys represent the whole freak show crew it's about quarter to four in the morning and you're listening to chilla's instinct chilla's instinct To my plan, the ill kid, I'm tilted like a parallelogram. Stunner, not a runner, cause I kick a converse. Prescribing deadly shit like you had the wrong nurse. Bursting, cause like Bergen, I candace, outlandish. I'm slaying, now you're praying like a mantis. Scan for fact as I extract the contract in which I enrich my gibberish to cut lies. What guy? I buck eyes like the state of Ohio. Then I glow with soul, cause when I blow, I sure could slap you like a Sherwood or a Coho. The free show is there here, so be where you fuck it. I got more fans than an air cooling system. Spiritual fear revealing wisdom when I twist them, twist them. Lend me in here, I'm here for revenge. Assembly, a squad to guard the free show emblem. With remnants, remnant from my gizmo, publicity, devices. Cause life crises like Didi and menopause With smelly drugs See I am telling y'all it is crunch time Get this, I drop my lines and tattoos And let this be a lesson I mess up an apprentice and bend from my venom I think I'll stick my fangs in them and mangle them I watch them dangle as I strangle them Bermuda triangle them, live with me Then use the debris to make my skeleton keys Sharpening skills of dissection on my side Find his head mounted on my fireplace Flying from my mind, time good and heal the wounds I leave that dummy bandage like the mummy from the tomb Conjuring the storm is the norm for this warlock On a rampage to do damage So it's best to keep your doors locked I'm immortal when I combat, I wombat in my sector Unless I can't speak, so they seek the sweet nectar And tread deep through style said to be vile like red meat A nickname punk said me, sick pings the next week to wet me Walking down the path of my lingo A single rap toss, jacket frost at your window Like soul through the grave, rolling skeleton crews. Tell-
telling fools that they're brave You've changed to my thoughts like a slave You're caught in the grubs on slaughter Locking in connection Freak show ain't no virus but we're leading the infection Direction is to catch ya Trapped on my premises Running through my mind like a crime had intended this To see the truly gifted Rhymes act as helium Lifted up for free and de-expression Blessed for the twist Check this out, this is the Gallivanti spoof Representing the freak show We're about to take a half time, time out, whatever the fuck you please Cause he says you're phobic, trying to styles out the deepest Can't erase the fact that you're faced with the fatal Twisted stole the gold at the end of your rainbow Observe unadulterated words when it's flagrant And repent my sins from the grim of my soliloquy Now who will be the one that is chosen? I'm frozen into three multiples of debris Webster about the words of my lips in production Protective of the mic, I'm feeling some seduction And lusting for your panic of reversing your brain You're sane but never speaking, you're dry in the rain Cargo being smuggled across the border in order to make some careers a little shorter. I see slaughterhouses filled with fools who got beef. What are my names? Leave your presence remains brief, chief. Move out my way because there ain't no use in trying. You live long enough to realize that you're dying. Things are looking bad because it's a grave situation. Death is your destiny. You'll never get the best of me. A refugee running from the commercial nation. I'm an MC, not an MD, so please don't test my patience. The chinchilla, I would drill a hole into a pillar To fulfill your thriller, kill like salmonella Contaminating beats, spiral keats in your system Bring defeats when you listen to the underlying wisdom Hidden in the messages, is an emphasis on aggressiveness When my mind's blessing this, returning from learning a lesson Second guess is not a question if you come, test, legend And the free chakra Freak show, take the spot Yeah! True flavor to make you rock Yeah! My rap style has your thing Yeah! Dumb balls got the chiller instinct Yo, when shit gets hot Love me, love me not Take your best shot Pop two quarters and pop tart Then hit start Find styles over power Hours Make fake rappers hit the showers Now it's sick how you spit hypothetic Words, it's poetic I make fools photogenic An epidemic Portions, rap auctions, make palms exposed on those who be watching. Stalking hallways and small space to kick a hard phrase. My padres are down. Always fuck off day, short A. Couldn't operate as smooth as me. Rap ingenuity, shooting under scrutiny. I remember that yeah. lookout sample being like a staple of freak show from the get-go as well but that is a great song with a lot of great rapping and it sounds like yeah. a lot of sounds like a lot of fun to make. Oh yeah, yeah, that was uh, just a live track, and uh, a lot of that stuff came from Lookout, the original Lookout song from way back in the early tapes. Yeah, we had that Lookout track, and they'd uh, show with the shadows. That was a big song. Yeah, but uh, Snail just took those elements, and then I just did redid Shazam. Uh, I did the In Over Your Head verse on that one because it yeah. was just like a just a pure live freestyle type thing. So everybody just dropped a verse type type thing. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, man. Um, so at this we point, the solo? <laughs> yeah, we're getting into the solo, but, uh, just to, to wrap it up. So at this point, you know, freak show is evolved because one of the main guys, Sunil has left for the most part. And you guys are sort of trying to figure out what's what. And, um, I guess you, uh, you have cut down, enter the mix for a while. And, um, yeah. The song I want to play next is kind of interesting. I always really liked this song. This is an epic song. Be curious to yeah. know how you ended up um, making a song with Epic, how you hooked up with them and and all that. 
Well, uh, you know what? Um, you, you sent me the list, and I saw this. I haven't heard this song in a very, very long time. Uh, I haven't heard it actually since it came out, and I got a copy of it. Um, Epic, and I go way back, you know, with the freak show since the uh, Saskatchewan days in their early days, right? Yeah. He is also probably the number one respected guy in our crew outside of our crew which nobody knows about and i'll tell you a little story about this when we tour we have a certain type of music that we used to listen to yeah right and epic would always be on our playlist we'd always listen to epic non-stop i mean like <sighs> epic was like right on the right on the top five playlists we play all this different stuff i remember traveling through the prairies and through uh alberta and, and uh, bc listening to uh the black moon album and all that epic would be part of that whole travel wow and for one is myla and you know as myla was a really strong battle guy very strict about competition very strict about who he's after and who he wants to beat up badly on the mic yeah but Ismaila loves Epic big time. He used to sit in the back of the van on tour and just be dying with laughter. We'd be like, man, you okay? He'd be dying. He's like, yo, this guy's crazy awesome. And that'd be, you know, Epic coming off. And it's like funny because it's so opposite. Ismaila's like very in your face. And yeah. Epic be like, I don't even know why you're looking at me like that. You don't even have a contract like Alex Hemsky. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> His mom would be crying in the back seat with laughter, just going, this guy's so dope. So we'd always play Epic, Willie D, Black Moon. <laughs> just a... Epic's part of Epic. God bless Epic. He's, he's, God bless he's a Epic. lord. No doubt. He's a lord in the freak show house, man. No he's doubt. Well, that's good. That's very interesting. That's awesome. Let's listen yeah. to this song. This is Old Guys Are Ready to Rock the Mic. This is um, yeah, yeah. Epic featuring Michael Wright and yeah. produced by Mackie, I believe, on Epic's album called Locals Only. Check. What up, Kareem? Just when I get my foot in the door, I don't understand you kids anymore. You think my gray hair is dope? What you think is fresh is old news to me. The metric system confuses me. Things ain't what they used to be. Everyone pick up the phone and dial your grandpa and don't talk to him abusively. Call him when you're sad, call him when you're broke and lonely. Call him on the phone and reminisce about mocha only. When Jeff Speck was known as intellect and farm fresh was in his cape deck. I don't have to name check, I know these people. Like the time I saw abstract root in the Safeway parking lot. I don't have to brag or nothing, but I once saw a relic from the beat combers. So don't trust anyone over 30. You've just been taxed, check your paycheck, give up your social security. Whack MCs are smacked up for acting nerdy. Deeds are done dirt cheap and dirty. You can't hurt me with their new age styles. Old people smile at every venue. Are you fucking sick? This hick is from the sticks. Probably the oldest MC from the 306 that was at Expo 86. The old guys are ready to rock the money. The old guys are ready to rock the money. The old guys are ready to rock the money. The 
old guys are ready to rock the mic. Spoof is ready to rock the mic. Mala is ready to rock the mic. The Gruff is ready to rock the mic. Cut down is ready to rock the mic. Sunil Ishk is ready to rock the mic. Ira Lee is ready to rock the mic. Dalton Nash ready to rock the mic. Bob McLean is ready to rock the mic. The man who rocks many topics Versus touch the nerve as he swerved through the metropolis His populace is popular in the middle of a culture Born out of a borough, raised by African slaves He is brave, inspired by back in the days When a box cut fade and the Reebok was the craze How times change, as God flips the pages New chapters are created, as the past leaves the stage Now he plays a part in this turn of events Fighting to prolong what the strong represent What he sees beyond the fence is his fellow countrymen Standing proud, unashamed of the leaf beneath the clouds So believe it or not, his love for hip hop Will plant seeds to breed a crop who will embrace hip hop And look back at a man and his life Devoted to the movement, he diagrammed on the mic I produced that song i wouldn't have changed a thing except i would have done the hook again because that hook's dope yeah man nolton nash <laughs> ron mclean <laughs> hey how much ronnie he'll like that shit big time that's good shit um so do you I happen to remember song. did you uh were you in saskatoon recording with them or do you remember was that an email no, me first or I, yeah i think that was a passed on yeah i think i did that with cut down and right. it went over it went over well, that's a Canadian classic. I think it's fair to say. Um, so let's get to your solo album, um, Michael Shazam Wright. And um, what can you say about, you You mentioned like taking a long time to write it and put yeah. it all together. Tell us a little bit yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, so like I said, uh, the Michael Shazam Wright is, is, a, is an album that was put together over quite a few years. Uh, yeah, it took about three years to write it. And uh, and that was also just doing the freak show stuff too, and also uh, having the other guys do their thing. You know, I just wanted to make sure my stuff was right and have the right beats and stuff. And I wanted to make sure that I was ready to drop it. So when we put it out, uh, I was ready to go. It was three years of my uh, my growth. Well, I was growing longer than that, but that three year time, I put a lot of a lot of time into uh, developing my own style and. Yeah. what I wanted to do with the, with the idea of Michael Shazam right? and who he was going to be to the people that liked him because, I mean, as Free Show developed, you know, we had followings as individuals too. So learning the fact that I had people that liked me and said, oh, yeah, I really like Shazam, he's cool and stuff like that, I had to really uh, bring my piece to, to them in a, in a very strong, positive way that would suit myself first. You know, I write for myself and I put out music for myself first, right? And that's, yeah. That was a big, that was a big motto for Free Show too. It wasn't about anybody else. It was all about us first because before anybody heard it, and you you can attest to this too, Roddy, when you're, when you're at home or in the car with the group, the first laugh you ever have is listening to yourself first before anybody else hears it, right? Yeah. So our first thing was like putting it out for us. So I wanted to make sure that, uh, I was ready and 
when Michael Samurai dropped, I was ready. It took me three years to be ready. Right. Uh, all right, well, let's listen to this song. This is called Lip Balm. And I believe this one is produced by... Uh, cut Down. Oh, this is part of... Uh, cut Down, okay. Yeah, this is Cut Down, and uh, Lip Balm is just uh, this is Shazam track, and it's, it's battle. So it's just pure lyrics. Uh, all it is is just uh, the play on words and the, and, and the, uh, the abstract insanity of Shazam's mind. Right. All right, great. Let's check it out. Lip Balm. Erupts periodically, hard to copy, vocal flow explodes like volcanoes My poem structure, organized to make you suffer The consequence if you offend these men or their mothers You fuckers giddy up, I got brothers like the Sutters We must our skills, it sends chills to a bunch of clusters Those who run for cover better hide cause when located We'll separate legs and castrate your hands mate Don't you ever underestimate this military Methods vary, we're spitting quips through cracked lips Legendary scripts has your crew catching fits If mine are the shits then why you sniffing it? You see me? I'm energetic Pen in hand, electric, b-boy stands, fly dance, this kid's a veteran who excels While many MCs dwell in their personal hell, now you lost your clientele Jim Appel, La Money Feek, Mikel, Shazam right, Shazam right I recreate my windpipe to rap tracks, feed facts to ass wipes, I sidewipe, you get bashed I'm dangerous if one asks Off the wall before Mike had even seen it. He loped with the Liberian girl, married her Gretzky's house in Phoenix. Believe it, I'm the best kept secret. Now, how could that be when I just fucking unleashed it? Shazam is a phantom who picks his victims at random, using a musical message so he can receive the ransom money. Sent by you and a few of your buddies. Copies of my album sold to you and the Charlie, Charlie Huddy. The kids yummy, ladies stare at me like white babies on the transit city bus that runs off Portage onto Main Street. It's not my fault the line ends at the San Andreas Fault. And his daddy's little daughter wants incredible. I'm not bragging, just telling you I'm here in the flesh Sipping Bex in the studio with Linda Blair wanting sex I'll I myself you think while I think suck dick I saw your eyes blink as you walked by with Tiffany Mix Calling me faggot under your breath as I passed But thought I was a chick magnet when you saw Tiff's hand on my ass Now watch me jack, spit the ill yakety yak That's put me on the map while you beg for me to cut you some slack Best pull out the red carpet for a legend Who's known for squeezing heads between his armpits Archbishop, giving lift to these rap sons of bitches Leaving their mouths open like that fucking fool on delicious Final, on the microphone is here your idol Telling you you're once, twice, three times a lady Ask Lionel, even he knows Shaz rocks a spot Bobbing heads applaud after Michael vocal shocks I'm what's in, after I sniff two packs of sugar Twin I spit out what's in and grin like old blue eyes It's all true lies Using amusing lines like six times six is one more than 35. Saying it like speak and spell, a Texas instrument that's helped the spelling technique of what is now your influence. MC Eminence Grease has just rolled up his sleeve so we can run over rappers like his name was Willard Reed. 
with speed Now watch as I take the lead Moving at Mach 3, splitting the air that you breathe It's unreal Can you comprehend the zeal of a man so real that the common folk must feel? That's lip balm from 2004, and you give oh, a yeah. shout out. Give a shout out to your speaking spell again. Yeah, Barmas best pull out the red carpet for a legend. So <laughs> known for squeezing heads between his armpits, Archbishop giving limits to these rap sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I love that stuff, man. That stuff is, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So be hot too. Cut so yeah, so cut downs producing more a little more than half, and then the other half is um, Sunil. So is that yeah, you man. still working with Sunil, or is that kind of like stuff that had been started before? That was stuff that was on the album before he left. Right. Like I had songs, I had songs done and ready, but the final recording of everything had those beats that were given to me a long, long time before that. Right. So you remember it's like three years, right? So. Yeah. Um, all right. And so this album, ha- I mean, this album being more your solo album, it has the name Freak Show on it, but how did it, you know, it's kind of just you out there. So how did it do and how do you feel about like its reception and were you happy with everything that came out? Like, Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, I don't really pay too much attention to it. Uh it did well, like, you know, sold some albums here and there, and there were some reviews and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't pay too much attention to that stuff, because when you do, then you either get caught up in your own shit yeah. for no reason, or you're getting dissed and you're getting your feelings hurt because you thought you did well, but people are like, you suck, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so as far as for the media part of it, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I could tell you, though, I toured with it, and, you know, had a really good reception. I think... One of the big things too is the stage show. Freak Show is always known for the, what they do on the stage, and yeah. and that uh, coming from Sneil and I uh, putting the stage shows together, that was a big thing. My stage show was uh, very well put together for that album on the tour through uh, Count Angle Blacks, and there was a whole set uh, when I had my release party. I did like a whole, it was like a whole play. It was it was all Broadway, the whole thing, right? right? To to promote my own stuff. So uh, very happy with it. I haven't dropped anything solo since then, and I can't wait to do some stuff in the future. But you know, free show rules—we don't tell. Well, nothing happens. You can't. You don't know. It just happens. <laughs> and then even like the cover of this album, where you looks like you got a mask on and a toque, and you're under a car, and you're pouring yourself a glass of wine. Only it's motor oil and writing. It's just like the whole, you know, just always with the creative. Yeah, it's a poster. My boy Addy Adagunji shot it. Uh, covers designed by myself like I thought about the whole concept of it and yeah the the whole thing was again not showing who we are and uh, nobody knew who we were so hearing that voice and hearing that entity of Michael Shazam right was uh, always really intriguing for somebody who didn't know what Michael looked like Michael looked like you know yeah so uh, that cover was basically like I, I think there were people that actually believed that might have looked like that which to <laughs> me I, I was trying I was trying to come off like I wasn't wearing them. obviously to you I was wearing a mask if you know me but yeah. somebody who got that record let's say in Grand Forks for example or 
Victoria, you know, who yeah. made me have seen me, but I thought that ugly motherfucker, like, you know, he, he that guy looks crazy, you know? Yeah. So I, I tried to make it look as real as possible so people think that that's what Michael Shazam right looks like actually. Right. Right. I got a kick out of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's play another track from it. This is yeah. called uh, Man Trusted by Millions. This is again um, produced by Cut Down and this features the one and only Gruff. Yeah, Trusted by Millions is a con- uh, a, uh, a serious song about uh, the world and how I felt about the world at the time and things that were happening in, in, in my life and also what I used to see on television. So it's a very conscious song. I asked Gruff to be on it because Gruff's a conscious guy. Yeah. And Cut Down came, came in with uh, the awesome beat and the wicked uh, uh, Chuck D and You God sample. Serious, the world's experienced the struggle. Let's check it out. My blood, blood runs back to slave ships and great warriors This makes me the successor to many men who once lived Here I am now, evaluating my surroundings Into billions I am counting an amount that seems unreal As the wheels spin, intellect split their dividends Drunk opinions win, while civilians create their futures Of all computers, international trips through microchips A global village sits inside a disc It's a setup corrupt, the masses don't give a fuck Cause at the speed of life we strive to succeed in its existence There's no resistance as the wind blows from east to west So the innocent sweat while the Caesars are obsessed with capital This will build the highest podium They know the earth is closing in And her rash will tear the skin Plans to transfer man because his land rots from the scum Sucking bumps who scam in their industrialized hypocrisy It was written, noble men wrote the first edition A chosen few had subscriptions, these books were kept hidden The instructions match their precedence beyond the president He's irrelevant, this involves man's settlement His development completed as soon as destination chosen God will be chased through the depths of space At any cost, even if millions lose their lives, man must survive in his quest to find out why. For thousands of years I'm astounded by peers, my fear holds the tears as the dreams disappear. Surrounding my kingdom, I'm all filled with blood, if you dug up the truth you would soon be dismantled. As earth seeks no order, chaos rides the border, and mourners to loved ones to form sand and soil, and liquids and gases, this shit hits the masses. I once spoke to earth, now I crash through her flesh, a massive disease now impacting the depths of conscious creation. My lust for control makes me suffocate your soul as I haunt every nation. Serious the world experience the struggle so where do we go from here how do we show no fear when the warriors have all disappeared put down their spears trade them for beers drank till no one hears the ancestors smashing windows of the past for fear to all that's dear no longer is held near separated by a world of make-believe we peer into the sky and wonder how and why existence here in our destructive appetite how did we engineer the end is near because we revel in a number days from world wars to mass hunger there's a hundred ways to take away our strength once a week we seek our grave Living death through life cause life is given death through fate So we just wait and watch the leaders take our voice away Self-destructing hate contributing to a wealth that's made In the name of violence we elevate depraved tyrants A game that's mindless cause those who speak the truth are silent Serious the world, experience the struggle Unable to see in the fog as these men wag the dog Causing opinions to green the educated society 
the schools are lessons on how the western world rules Condemning the clashes and the violence that occurs in other countries Beautiful resorts mixed with ugly politics My politicians know all the tricks so I can eat on foreign lands But I'll try my dream, there's a man who lives unseen Fighting for his rights within the new world scheme Old wars are fought, youth run from gunshots Some stand behind rocks with their custom slingshots Fighting for their flag, no time for buying gap rags Kill at will, free the souls, leaving bodies to be dragged Conflict, man versus man, people strict Working for God, suicide bombers walk with bloody hands Ready to die on command Must protect an ancient culture from these western adults Who unearth their sacred sculptures Yeah, I know we're friendly, but the price of friendship is heavy You might be willing to conform, modify your customs And we shall live in peace, and we will pave your streets Providers of freedom under one legion Love, hugs, and kisses between all civilians It's a western world tradition, already trusted by millions Development completed soon as destination chosen. God will be chased through the depths of space at any cost. Even if millions lose their lives, man must survive in his quest to find out why. Good tune. Yeah, man. Love that line. That's one of my favorite lines I wrote. Another vision. Yeah. <laughs> I need some more of those. But yeah, in those days, you know, it's just a lot of things are going on, man. Just, you know, you're hungry, you're writing, and you're just wanting to, like, just move the world and. I remember seeing a report on the news about some kids in, in, uh, in Israel, Palestine, having a, a battle and the kids were shooting slingshots and stuff. It hit me because the kid got shot and he was shooting slingshots behind the rocks. And I saw it because I used to work late nights and I was watching CBC late. Yeah. Saw a little news clip and that was like moving to me. I was like, man, look at this kid, you know, no time for buying gap rags, kill at will, free the souls, bodies will be dragged, you know, kind of hit me. Man, yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh yeah, no, thank you. I mean, that's a, I think uh, you know a lot of our listeners would be more familiar with, say, the Peanuts and Corn catalog, obviously, because that's the podcast and that's a jam mm-hmm. that they would, I'm sure, like. I mean, anything they can have here with Gruff is always a bonus. Mm-hmm. That's just a that's just a great song. Yeah, with Gruff, I had to fully grasp Gruff's lyrics. I think you need to write it down and then read it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You do. Like he, yeah, he's he's and he's even that then, good. And even then. He's that, yeah, he's that good. Yeah, he is. Um, so speaking of the peanuts and corn crossover, I mean, you did a track that was a huge hit for us, if you consider anything we did ever a huge hit. But you know, we had a song. Oh, yeah. that Pip 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 did a song called "Long Live Bruce Willis." Yeah, yeah. And that you that. you jumped on, and that song was like a live staple for him, and something that people really loved. And um, we're not going to play that because I've played it on previous episodes, but I did want to play this song uh, that you also did with Pip called Team Canada. So this is from his mixtape. 
he did yeah. a mix, he did a mixtape in like 2004 um called i'm mean i believe it's called yeah, and yeah. so he was kind of messing around i don't even know who did this beat to be honest with you i'd have to look it up yeah. but maybe i'll look it up while we play it but this song's called team canada uh can so i this, ask you uh sorry for you yeah on. can i yeah. ask you i don't remember is i don't remember this track but is this the track with kim cattrall uh with kim cattrall yeah like i think i, I do i have a rhyme with kim cattrall on that because i think I can't like I, when you sent me the list. I'm like Team Canada. I can't remember my verse. And I, I don't know if I said Kim Cattrall on this or something like that. I said, you oh, could have. It's all just like Canadian people drops. So let's, <laughs> okay. Let's, let's check. Uh, yeah, it must be. Check this I haven't out. I've heard this in years. Yeah, you probably 10, recorded it and haven't listened to it since, which is why it's fun years, to drop yeah. this shit. Yeah. So let's it's check this out. This is me. this is Pip Skid featuring Shazam, uh, Team Canada. Come on, Pippi, drive, because I just spiked his tires. That shit was funny, and I ain't no frickin' Mike Myers. You're a liar. I know, but I'm known for cracking necks. Got him busting guts with knowledge like Alex Trebek. To the ladies, I'm a threat. I and Sylvia Kuzik. Invite her to my yacht to play trivia music. Music trivia, I mean. Yo, Shaz, dream on. Got my words a little twisted. Now let's talk Celine Dion. She's fine. She can make a horse jump course. Wouldn't mind sliding her the Black Peter North. I'm a force to be reckoned with and pure. These unorthodox thoughts, I gotta walk like Grant Fear. You feeling me? Imagine you can maybe hang. We it all bang round those chicks to Katie Lang. You need a shrink. You think? Well, I think I rim well. If only I had the chance to rim Kim Cattrall. In random speech, leaving MCs lost in the barrens with Adam, Adam Beach. Beach. We teach, preach, and pop, we lobby for, and wanna be a part of history like Bobby Orr. You playing Team Kennedy, you get hit hard. Get the job done like the guy from Get Smart. Start shit quick, I'm an insane rooster. Watch SCTV, Wayne and Schuster. Hockey Night Canada is on my brain. Just play the game as Ron McLean. Down with DJs that hate the CD. Hit but the mic like HDD.
So that's why I didn't know who produced it. He didn't say that's just a Michi Me beat. Yeah, man, that's that's wow. Well, I oh man, you just slapped me there, Rod. I haven't heard that in over fifteen years, man. That was funny as hell. The verses are hilarious, and over the Michi Me, you know what? I don't know who produced that. Uh, who did Jamaica Funk? I don't think it was the King of Chill. Was it the King of Chill? I got the internet here. I mean, let me just take a quick look. Yeah, me too. I'm all like checking too. Uh, King of Chill. Yeah. Yeah, I was right. The King of Chill. King of Chill produced that man. Wicked beat. Um. Yeah. So just a little bonus. You know, not really uh too important to track. One of those ones you guys would have just sat and wrote real quick. But uh, fun little mixtape track to tie it together. Oh, that was hilarious, man. The lyrics are great. I loved it. Loved it. I hadn't heard that in a long time, man. Thanks for that one. That one was like, it's <laughs> a slap in the face. <laughs> so I want to get to your most recent project, which isn't recent, yeah. isn't particularly recent, but you, I put together yeah. everything that I had and um, you were lucky, you are nice enough to send me this album that you put together with um, Mindbender, who I know Mindbender from back in the day and we played some shows with him when we went through Toronto and he's just a... You know, a great a great person and um, someone who's been in the culture and representing Toronto, representing Canada in various ways forever. Um, mm-hmm. As well as meeting his brother, Conspiracy, we would run into him when we went through Edmonton. So uh-huh. between the two of them, they were both, um, you know, pretty much staples of the Canadian hip hop scene. So to know that you, to that you did a project with them, tell me about. I mean, obviously you moved, you said you moved in 2005 to Toronto and were, you know, getting into the scene and people knew you from the Freak Show video. So how did you um, hook up with him and decide to make a record? And tell me about the record before we play something. Yeah, Bender and I, uh, well, I I met his brother first on, yeah, my travels to Edmonton. And then I met Bender through, uh, I did my solo here, my solo tour, and I performed the Gypsy Hooch. Yeah. And, uh... You know, uh, that he, night, he I remember would, the night, actually. He would oh. put those shows on, right? He was part of yeah, the... He, yeah, he put on Gypsy Hooch and uh, shows and put on local talent. A guy named Drake, actually, I believe, did Gypsy Hooch, too. I think Drake did uh, before, when he was young, and yeah. he did Gypsy Hooch. But the night I performed, the only person I remember that was on the bill with me was Tara Chase, myself. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, it was great. But we had that connection through his brother and uh supreme being unit we, we know that stuff right yeah and uh he came through winnipeg and did a show and we we're just always like yo we gotta do a song together man it's just like you know we kind of like great minds think alike we'd always vibe really good together and my mentor if you know him not you robert you know him but like just talking to the people here that are gonna be watching this podcast yeah if you know mind bender uh he's a supremely interesting man but uh, with a great heart and uh, yeah. crazy hip hop mind, like uh, to be in his presence for hip hop culture is uh, is a blessing. I mean, when I came to Toronto and I went to the shows, he was the guy in the front row sweating more than the rapper rapping yeah. and rapping towards the rapper and sweating more than him putting on a show going crazy, right? So then and I decided to meet up. We used to go to the shows and meet each other and always, you know, dap each other up and stuff like that. and. We're like, yo, we gotta hook up. So we ended up hooking up and it's funny, we ended up just doing like these Sundays. Like every Sunday we get together and just hang out. It was supposed to be a song, but through hanging out, we developed a relationship that got tighter. And we said, yo, let's do a project. I said, I got a bunch of beats. 
sat down, gave me all these beats, and I had some beats from uh, K-Rup from uh, Moonshine. And my yeah. cousin, uh, my cousin Buzzmad, who's in Moonshine too, yeah. right? Who uh, produced beats too. Had a bunch of beats, and I was like, "Yo, I got a bunch of beats here. Let's just put these beats together and, and make something out of it." And then just from vibing, we came up with Obia, and Obia was a project of, uh, you know. I don't have to tell you the history of that. You can just Google what an Obia man is in the Caribbean. It's a, a big thing, but we want to use the, the word in the context of us uh, being that uh, Obia man in hip hop, which is like kind of a positive thing, not not the one that you would hear. Okay. In, in the context of an Obia man being like a kind of like the Obia man in, in in the tribe was a guy who was able to cast spells and heal, okay. and sometimes also create wickedness too, depending on who you are, right? So it's kind of like a witch doctor type person. Okay. Right? Um, we came up with the title Obia, and it, we're going to use that kind of hip hop wise, meaning like we are the witch doctors of hip hop that are going to come out with some type of cure to help make this thing great again, right? Right. So we put all these songs together, and uh, yeah, man, it was uh, a great experience. We used to get together Sundays and uh, brainstorm and come up with these cool concepts, and you know, fortunate. Lee, enough for me, uh, my vendor was like totally down into that freak show mentality because I was sharing like what how we would approach a project. And my vendor's the accomplished artist himself, but he was like, Yeah, man, let's like let's do that. And cool. And I was the one who was like, Yeah, let's do this and let's do this. And we're gonna do it like this. And he was like, Cool. He was so into the vibe that I was trying to tell him like this is how we do it with Freak Show. And he was luckily for me, he was like, Yeah, it's cool. He never opposed it. He was just like, Yeah, right. that's cool, let's do it. So Obia was the birth of that experience. That was like my last full album that I put out at that time. Yeah, uh, gonna try. So let's listen to the track, and then um, I yeah. want to talk about yeah. how people which can one, hear it. But uh, this which is. One you, which, I did which like that you you mentioned the track "Sacrifice." I, I liked quite a few tracks, yeah. but um, yeah. I thought yeah. this one jumped out at me as a good yeah. one as well. So let's listen to this. This is "Sacrifice." This is uh, Shazam and Mindbender Supreme. How much can you take? How much can you give? Do you know the way to live? How much do you care? How much can you share? And what is your passion size to receive over life? What will you sacrifice? In his second sight, he saw the smile on his wife. Then he saw his little girl's worried eyes scan his sight. It made him nervous as he stood staring at the two creatures he adored morning, night, and afternoon. He Rang suddenly as the firebell rang Ripped his clothes off the hanger Then slid down the spiral pole To the main floor where the truck engine roared Slammed the slide door as it sped out the station He sat in silence feeling elated by the sirens Thinking how such a warm night would set the stage for firefighting He was excited about the task at hand Any flame could be tamed was a little saying he had Moving cars stared right as the truck ran red lights Closing in on the location because he now smelled the smoke That filled the air Followed by the screams of the scared Unfazed he stayed because he was well prepared, pulled his mask over his face as he bolted off the truck, ran towards the house with his courage in his gut, he might die here tonight, or maybe save a life, between his family and his job, lies a man's sacrifice, we all make it, priorities differ in life, situations like, every choice is history, so build your industry through the laughs and the strife, praise of what you made cause you made the sacrifice, we all make it, priorities differ in life, situations like, every choice is history, so build your industry through the laughs and the strife, praise to what you made because you made the sacrifice. The 
This kid was born with everything But somehow, someone, somewhere Touched him with nothing of substance His first taste of seductive corruption A path to perfection Sidetracked or misdirection Burned out and turned left His heavy curse was his blessing But when blinded, one can't see The knowledge of self-denial Life feels so delusional Your mind sprays velvet Krylon Losing sanity at the altar of thought A pathetic beast legacy when he really could have accomplished a lot An invisible era of loss Unemployed by destiny and not nearly the top dog boss Scaredy cat to become the king of the jungle Twitching the muscle and crippled by inner struggle Really, he should have listened to his mother To not deviate from the inner godly path in life The suicide of your destiny is not a respectable sacrifice Situations like every choice is history. So build your industry through the laughs and the strife. Get praise to what you made because you made the sacrifice. We all make it. Priorities differ in life. Situations like every choice is history. So build your industry through the laughs and the strife. Get praise to what you made because you made the sacrifice. How much do you take? How much do you give? That sacrifice. Um, who made that beat? You remember? Uh, that's a cut down beat. Nice. Yeah, that's a cut down beat that I came up to Toronto with, and uh, he was just like, "Yeah, it's yours. Just whatever you got to do." And then he probably forgot about it, and then I, I brought it up years later <laughs> and used it. But uh, yeah, sacrifice was a great track. Uh, loved doing that. That whole project was uh, for me. It was it was great. It was it was a really really fun project to do, and also. Just building with that brother because he's a he's a Canadian hip hop uh, icon in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, have, having the chance to sit with him and uh, go through my experiences and learn about his experiences and collaborate to come up with Obia was uh, was spectacular. And uh, we had a release party for it and everything. It was a great show. Did a really wicked show and everything it was really cool. But um, sacrifice was about uh, basically it was just like we came up with the with the title and we were just going to write what sacrifice meant to us and. I had the, the beat gave me a vision of uh, firemen. Mm-hmm. I thought about the mind of firemen, um, you know, sleeping and then waking up and sliding down the pole and jumping in the truck and and heading to the fire, knowing that you know he may not make it out, but it it, it excited him to go to this. To, it gave him a rush to go to put out a fire or to to help somebody. Yeah. And uh, Mindbenders versus about himself, like person about his personal life and what he's given up and what he's gone through. Um, so if you were, yeah, it's kind of funny because if you were to go back in time and go on internet message boards and look for the most controversial Canadian MCs, the two most introvert, controversial Canadian MCs, uh, would probably be Mindbender and Epic. And you've got yep. tracks with both of them. So good, good on you. Yeah. 
All right, yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. So I don't, <laughs> oh. I don't follow for real. Oh, I know, I know, my, I know Mindbender for sure. But yeah. Epic. Oh yeah. yeah, I believe you. When you say Epic, I believe you 100. Yeah. Um, and so the record did the so you sent me a link and I was looking and it's like it's there's some songs on Bandcamp, but is the whole record on Bandcamp or? No, no, it's just we just put out a few. At that time when we released it, we put out a little teaser. Yeah. And uh, we made CDs, and uh, the CDs are actually given away at our release party. Yeah. And and whoever showed up got a CD, but we never really, uh, you know, we didn't sell them with any company or anything. I still have CDs, man. I still got hard copies of house, you know. Yeah. It was just something we had to do, you know. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't blow up too much, but I mean, like I said, like I like to consider what I do timeless. Yeah. Right. So if you ask me about dates and all that, I, I don't know too much about that. So I, I always like to think that what I put into the work will always be something that can be played forever. So I think Obia can go forever. Like, you know, that, listening to it now, I haven't heard that sacrifice in a while, actually. That sounds like something that came out last week. Yeah. So everybody I talk to, uh, almost everybody I talk to on these podcasts, they're like, so what's going on now? Have you got anything? Are you working on anything? And pretty much everybody says they got something. Would you have, are you working on anything? Are you still got the bug or have you walked away? Well, I love your, I love your question, but I'm going to answer like how we've always answered for over 20 years. Can't tell you. Cool. <laughs> but I can tell you this. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's Mila now lives up in Toronto. Okay. So I'll give you, I'll give you that much. So there, you know? there may be Sunday meetings happening. Yeah, we're meeting tomorrow, actually. It's funny you said that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, musically, you know, like I said, I told you already, um, I've already had a project done for many years. It's sitting there on the shelf. And uh, when it comes out, it comes out right now. One of my focuses is uh, putting out all the old freak show stuff, which I'd love to get back out because, you know, if we had that type of uh, platform back in those days, we could totally have, I always tell the guys, we could totally have a, a Run the Jewels following, you know, like your own cult. You don't have to be big, yeah. but you can show up somewhere and have like 5,000 people show up to your show or a bunch of people buy your records, right? So happily, I'm happy, sorry, that uh, we got this stuff. We're putting this stuff out one by one now and the guys agree to it because I wouldn't do it by myself unless the guys didn't agree, you know, like they have to agree. It's yeah. their art too. So the majority of the guys agree and it, it's, it's coming out but as far as for my personal stuff uh like i said i got a project and right now with his mala in town and living here um we've been uh brainstorming uh we've been brainstorming some affirmative action great um and so if people want to uh check out the is there any thing that people should be following or any any social media anybody should be following if they want to be get catching these freak show tracks as they drop or anything like that or is it just Enter the search yeah, you bar. Can, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, that stuff's coming out on uh, on uh, Spotify and Apple Music, so you know they can check out Free Show. Or also, you can uh, hit me up on Instagram at uh, Michael Shazam Wright, my Instagram name. Yeah, and you can find uh, all the hints coming out on there too, and uh, pretty much just on your all the other social media aspects, YouTube and all that. You'll see the Free Show stuff pop out on there. Awesome. Well, uh, anything else you want to add? I mean, that was really great to catch up with you and to go through the catalog. I thought we had a we had a lot of good stuff that we played there. It was fun. You know what? I'm good, man. Uh, thank you again, Rod, for having me on. And uh, I always enjoy coming on and talking old culture, especially Canadian culture. Um, 
kids today that have come out in this country, you know, represent this country first, represent it well. Yeah. Right? And that's the, that's the big thing that uh, I'm very strong about. I want to see people represent this country well and uh, represent yourself. Be respectful. And, uh, you know, don't fall for the okie doke, man. Be yourself. That's the best way to come out. Be yourself and uh, drop your drop your personal stuff. And all the guys you like and all the all the ladies you like and all the male MCs you like and female MCs you like, take the energy and create yourself. Uh, do not take what they take and then come out as, yes, I love that MC, so I'm them. That's yeah. not the way to do it. Hip-hop doesn't work like that. It's called biting, it's called suckers, whatever you want to call it, right? You take the energy that you get, whatever your brain gives you from listening to your favorite MCs, you take that and you become you. That's the most important part. Oh, actually, no. The most important part about being a Canadian MC and being a hip hopper from this part of the country is get yourself something so you can put out your own music. Yeah. So if you want to be a lawyer, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be whatever you want to do, do that first so you can put out your own music. Don't come out thinking that you're going to go get signed and put out music and do it for a living. It's not impossible, but it's not the best way for you to do it. The best way for you to do it coming out from this country is get your own personal thing first. Roddy's a professional. I'm a professional. All the other boys, they're all professionals. They do their thing. But fund yourself without your own music because now you don't really need any type of record label or anything you yeah. just need to have heart you need to have heart and you need to have uh, the hunger to do your stuff so where Roddy and I come from is a lot of uh, personal sacrifice yeah. but we went and got ourselves something in life so you get yourself something in life too so you can provide for your family and everything too hip hop is not <laughs> hip hop's not everything but it is everything <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, some, that's some uh, pearls of wisdom. That's a, that's good stuff. Yeah, man. Respect, man, and thank you for that uh, for bringing uh, for bringing me on. So yeah. hopefully we can collaborate again and do some more stuff later on. That'd be great. Uh, well, thanks again for joining me. Thanks to UGS Mag for hosting this podcast. Appreciate everybody listening. We uh, are having a really good time, and we're winding it down. We only have a couple more uh, guests lined up, and then we're going to shut it down for 2020 and. Uh, take a break but hopefully we'll have odario from mood rough on soon he's got a new record out and he's got a story to tell as well from uh, winnipeg and then uh from the west coast slash east coast we've got josh martinez coming up and then uh and then we're going to do kind of a farewell episode with me and uh, dj honeycutt the guys who just uh talking some shit and so if any listeners out there want to send us any questions or anything that you want us to cover for the last episode which is in about three weeks then uh, hit me up at Big McEnroe on Instagram or on Twitter or my email, Roddy at McEnroe.net, Roddy at peanutsandcorn.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Shazam, the ill vocal shock, for spending some time with me from Toronto, Manitoba, Ontario, however it goes. <laughs> and I hope to uh, see you in person sooner than later and this damn yeah, pandemic man. ends and we can get in the oh, same God. room and... Uh, and yeah. uh, talk about the old days and talk about the new days. So yeah. thanks again for big joining up to me. Uggs, Uggs, Meg, and uh, Noise, man. Noise That's right. is a big guy. Legend. Lots of Legend, love Legend. Lots of love and respect. Absolutely. And to the rest of the Canadian heads, lots of love and respect. That's absolutely true. Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, everybody, and have a good night.